Hello Trekkies, welcome back to another episode of Yelling About Star Trek. My name is Chris Fox, and this is the show where I yell at you all about all things Star Trek for your amusement, so I'm not yelling at my friends and family who really don't want to hear my thoughts and opinions and theories on this fantastic franchise. Today, I want to talk about this idea that I had recently that Star Trek is very much America in space. But what do I mean by that? And why do I think that? Well, find out those answers, which are coming up right now. But first, make sure you get out of your space pajamas, put on your shiniest pair of boots, get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, maybe some iced tea if you want to pull the archer maneuver, and brace for impact because things are about to get nerdy. Space America. What do I actually mean by that? Well, essentially what I mean is that when humans are shown in Star Trek and human culture is shown, all of that culture comes from the North American context and more specifically an American context. So whenever we see humans doing human things in Star Trek, it's always, what would that look like in North America? How would that be in North America? How would that be for Americans? And, you know, it's not an issue, but it's something that I've noticed and something that I think needs to be discussed. Now, when I look at this and when I ask myself, well, why do I feel this way? There are actually three things that come to mind. But what I do want to say is I understand there are real-world reasons that it's basically Space America. And the main reason is, well, Star Trek was created by an American. Gene Roddenberry himself was American. The show takes place, the show itself is filmed in the United States. The actors are American. So, yeah, naturally, it would make sense that you know, everything has kind of a North American flair to it. If it was filmed in France, everything would have a French flair. Or same if you were to film Star Trek in Italy, and if it was created by an Italian, everything in Star Trek would have an Italian flair. But because it's in the United States, it has an American flair to it when we watch the show. But there are three aspects of Star Trek that really stand out to me that make me go, okay, yeah, I think it is America in space. The first aspect that I want to talk about is that of language. Now, when we watch Star Trek, we're exposed to a variety of different languages because we are dealing with aliens. The most common alien language that we hear on the franchise, or in the series rather, is that of Klingon. And it's probably the one language that people think of when they think of Star Trek when they're not thinking about people speaking English. But the problem is, when we're dealing with human characters, the only language that we hear spoken for the most part is English. And now, again, there's practical reasons for it. As I said earlier, it is filmed in the United States, so naturally most people in the United States speak English, and so they will hire American actors that speak English. Most of the viewers speak English, so that's kind of their default. So everybody in the franchise speaks English because, well, it makes sense where it was filmed and who was actually watching it. Now, in the universe, there's the explanation of the universal translator, which allows people from different languages to be able to communicate because the computer, I think, scans brainwaves and thought patterns and somehow, and then 
will then translate it into actual language so that other people can understand them, I think is how they explain in a few of the episodes. It's it's cool. It sounds awesome. And it actually really does write you out of a corner and says, okay, here, everybody, this is why we're speaking English. This is why everybody can communicate because of this gadget. Don't think too much about it. Don't get too into it. But this is why it's happening. So it makes sense. I get it. And I think it's a really cool idea. But when we're thinking about the Universal Translator, it's basically saying that everything that aliens are speaking and everything that an alien is saying is being translated into English. And there's really no suggestion or not suggestion, rather, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but there's really no indication that there are other Earth languages, and I'm saying Earth languages, and I'm putting up air quotes, which you can't see because it's audio, but I'm using the term Earth language because, you know, in a lot of sci-fi, they'll say, ah, Earth people, an Earth vessel, an Earth man. Um, So I'm using the term Earth language to basically mean any human language. So when they're using human languages, it's always English, but they never suggest that maybe the universal translator is actually translating an alien language into another human language, something like French or maybe Italian or, you know, maybe Spanish. You never really get that sense and they never really hint at it. In fact, the only time that's ever really brought up is in a season two episode of Discovery when the UT gets damaged and everybody's speaking different languages and you hear and see that there are crew members who are human but who are not speaking English, they're speaking their native language. So it suggests that even on the ship when you know humans are interacting with each other, they're actually speaking different languages but the UT is translating everything back into English for the viewer, which is a really unique idea But it's really never hinted on in Star Trek prior to that. And I think that episode came out in, I want to say, 2019, around 2019, when that aired. So, yeah, that was fairly recent. And we as Trekkies have been exposed to this idea of the Universal Translator for, you know, over 50 years when it was introduced in, I think, probably season two is when they really identified it and explained what it was. So yeah, for a long time, we never really had this idea that it was translating other human languages into English so that everyone that was human could communicate with each other. You never really got that idea. So primarily when we're looking at language and when we're hearing language being spoken in Star Trek, it's always English. And that, again, goes to even when two human characters are having a conversation, it's always in English and it's never a native language. Beyond maybe there's a few times where Picard will actually speak French But it's very rare, and you don't see it very much. And in fact, I think Data even at one point says that French is a dead language, which I know that really upset a lot of people. They never really elaborated on that, never really came back to that. But, you know, technically Data did say, and I think that was season one. So when it comes to language, yeah, you're really only hearing English, which, again, makes sense. I understand why, but it's something that makes me go, okay, Maybe Star Trek is very much United States in space. And if we're being more generous, then maybe the Western world, you know, is in space. But when it comes to language, it's always English or an alien language. So that's really the first reason that I think this is kind of the way it is in Star Trek. The second aspect that I want to talk about is that of culture and the way culture is presented in Star Trek. You know, 
over the course of all the different shows, they get into lots of conversations about what it means to be human and what do humans do. You know, a character might say to an alien, well, on Earth, we eat at the kitchen table and, you know, we eat this kind of food. Uh, this is an Earth delicacy, which technically that's all true because all those things do happen on Earth. But it's always a character talking about Earth culture as American culture. I mean, there's actually an episode called Real Life where the doctor has his own holographic family. And when you see his family, it's 100% North American. So it's basically just, you know, a family that you would have seen in the 90s, but just with futuristic hair, uh, maybe not great futuristic hair, but it's basically a 90s home in North America, in the United States that you would see in a subdivision somewhere or suburbs, you know, that kind of thing. But you never really get the sense that there are other cultures on Earth that are beyond North American. Because again, when characters talk about what it means to be human, and when they're interacting with aliens who don't understand what humanity is or human customs, they always refer to customs that are North American and American specific. Like, for example, they might say, while on Earth, we don't have arranged marriages, and a human person is able to choose who they want to marry, which, yeah, I get what they're going for, and there's, you know, controversy around arranged marriages, but there's lots of cultures on Earth that do have arranged marriages, so the fact that they have said that it was always that way and never really elaborate on the fact that, okay, maybe there are some other cultures that, you know, presumably by the 23rd century, 24th century, that's kind of not the way anymore. But it's it just seems like on Earth that's always been the case, and they don't really acknowledge that that could have been different. So when they're talking about a cultural belief or what humans do, it's always from a North American perspective. Another example that comes to mind is that of food, which I love food. I can talk about food for hours, and I think about food all the time. So when characters are eating food on Star Trek, I'm certainly going to notice that. But in Enterprise, whenever Captain Archer has aliens over for dinner, which sounds kind of funny, like, hey, just come over at six o'clock. But you know, when he's meeting a new culture, and they're aboard the ship, and he's giving them a tour, and he's inviting them for a meal, it's always, okay, here's our Earth food. But it's always North American food. It could be things like steak. At one point, they mentioned catfish and, uh, you know, different kinds of pasta. But it's never really something that is from another culture beyond maybe like Hoshi mentioning something from her heritage. But beyond those kinds of random references, it's always North American food like burgers and steaks and all that stuff. So I'm kind of you know, reiterating a lot of what I'm saying, but every time someone talks about what it means to be human and human culture, it's always presented from that North American context. Very rarely do we ever get to see European culture represented, or do we get to see, you know, even African culture. For example, Captain Sisko has African art in his quarters in on DS9, and that was a big deal when he unpacked it because, you know, Jake pointed out that, hey, you're unpacking the African art, that must mean you think this is really home. 
And that's really unique that, hey, it's cool. It's Captain Cisco. You know, he's of African heritage. I'm not sure which country specifically, but he does have African heritage. So that's why they're displaying it. But Captain Cisco himself actually grew up in New Orleans. So all of his cultural touchstones and experiences of being human come from being in New Orleans and being American, sort of. Because again, it's not American, but it comes off as very much American in space. And, you know, there's he does talk about Creole culture and that aspect when he's talking about his cooking. But you never really get to see him really speak about, okay, what is African culture like in the 24th century? We never see that. In fact, unfortunately, the closest we ever get to African culture in Star Trek is everyone's favorite episode, Code of Honor, in TNG Season 1. And if you're like, what the heck is that episode? That's the one where they're going after this vaccine and they have to get a vaccine. And they say vaccine a thousand times in the episode to the point where I, as a kid, didn't know what a vaccine is. And now when I hear about vaccines, I think about that episode, even now when we're talking about our vaccine. And I'll stop saying vaccine. But they say it a million times. But the main aspect of that episode is that it's basically racist Africa in the sense that they're not racist themselves, they're very sexist, and maybe they're a little racist, but the portrayal of them and the way they're shown is just so culturally insensitive and stereotypical, and it's just wrong on so many levels. And, you know, it's an episode that most fans will skip. It's an episode that the actors themselves have dissed and do not like. I haven't really heard too much from the actual production side of the episode, but it's not very popular because it is considered to be very racist, very stereotypical, and just culturally insensitive. So that is really the only time we ever get to see African culture, and that was like the Africa planet, and that's offensive because, well, all the Africa planet, let's go to the Africa planet today. You know, it's just so many negative things. But we never get to see what African culture is like in the 24th century. And, you know, there's really no indication that it's still around. Not saying that it's gone, but no one ever alludes to it. Even Barclay at one point says he's never been to Africa. He's never been anywhere in Africa, like not to any of the countries. He hasn't, you know, been to an African safari, any of that stuff. And it's kind of mind-boggling to me because, well, it's Star Trek. Like, you can just beam over there. You can... You know, if you want to go to South Africa, you can be there in not even 20 minutes. You just need to go find a transporter and boom, beam up, and there you are. You can go there. But, like, the fact that Barclay hasn't been anywhere in Africa, just, again, mind-blowing. So, I mean, that's the only time I think I recall them ever really mentioning it beyond mentioning the African art that Cisco has, uh, you know, on the station. So that's kind of strange to me. And that's just one example, but again, you're really not seeing any other cultures being presented in Star Trek that are human beyond coming from a North American culture. In fact, even Canada is not represented, which is fine. I mean, I'm used to it. I'm used to the fact that in most Hollywood movies, Canada isn't really mentioned, and when it is, it's usually the butt of a joke, which yeah, we take it in stride, but they only mention Canada once, and it's kind of uses a joke where somebody tells this other guy that, oh, Riker's Canadian, so he goes over there and starts talking about Canada, and it turns out that, no, he's not Canadian, he's actually from Alaska. 
So yeah, Canada isn't even represented, but it's fine, and I don't feel too upset about it because Canada is very similar in a lot of ways to the U.S. and is obviously North American, so a lot of the cultural touchstones that they refer to in the series I relate to because I am Canadian and we are in North America. So that doesn't bother me. But yeah, overall... When we look at cultures in Star Trek that are human, it's always from that North American perspective. And then the final thing that I want to talk about is that of individuality versus collectivism. Individuality is something that is harped on so much in Star Trek, which I'm not saying is bad because I think individuality is incredibly important. And it's what so many of us believe that you have to be the person you want to be. You know, you have to not just do what the collective thinks you should do, but you should do what you want to do. As long as you're being a good person, but you really do want to find that self-expression and what does it mean to be human as an individual. I would say that Voyager is perhaps the most individualistic of the series, just based on the fact that you have two characters who are becoming human you have the doctor who was just an emergency medical hologram and still is but he was designed just to pop in say hey what do you need you got a cut i'll fix your cut turn me off and go about your business but he ends up becoming a fully realized character and a fully realized person who does grow as an individual and then you have seven of nine who was human assimilated by the borg at a very young age and then became human again when she was liberated by Janeway and the crew from the collective. And and almost every storyline for Seven of Nine revolves around her becoming human and what does it mean to be an individual. Which, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's fantastic. But when they do have those conversations about individualism and what does it mean to be an individual it comes from the context of the american dream and what does it mean to be an individual in the united states of america for example it doesn't really take into account other cultures that are more collectivist for example if you were to look at east asian cultures and how they are a bit more collectivist yes they obviously have individual rights and they are individuals because they're human but they do have different views on collectivism and it is more collectivist and like you've got to help the community, you've got to do more for the community and it's not just about you, it's about the greater community and I keep saying community so I'm sorry about that. But yeah, they have different views on collectivism but those views on collectivism are very rarely, if ever, really presented in Star Trek and I don't know about you but when I hear the term collectivist, I can't help but think of the Borg, and the Borg is perhaps one of the most famous alien races in Star Trek and one of the most interesting enemies in the franchise because, well, they're scary, they're really cool-looking, they have this terrifying ability to work as one, which is terrifying on so many levels, but, yeah, they're always called the collective. So when we hear the term collective and collectivism... It always takes you back to thinking about the Borg and like collectivism is the ultimate thing that we should be afraid of. And we should be afraid of the collective because it's threatening your individuality, which is all true. And I'm not saying you should sign up to become a Borg today, but I'm saying they do make it this 
all out thing that any aspect of collectivism should be uh, should be frightened. So you never really see, as I said, you never see other cultures that are more collectivist. At least that's my interpretation of it anyways. That's what I think. And I actually remember even taking um, some cultural courses back in university, and one of them was on East Asian culture, which I found fascinating, really enjoyed the course. But I remember them talking about it being a collectivist culture and what that actually means. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, so this is very interesting because Star Trek, when they talk about what does it mean to be human, they always go right to individuality and they never really consider what does it mean to be human in a more collectivist culture. And I thought that was very interesting. So that's something that kind of stuck out to me and I've, I've noticed and I try to think about whenever I'm watching this series or watching any of the episodes. And again, ultimately, I'm not saying this is a huge problem because I think it's understandable that this is kind of the way it is with Star Trek because of where it was filmed, the fact that Gene Roddenberry himself was American and the actors are American, so I understand why that's happening. But I do think it's something that we should be aware of and something that we should try to understand when we're watching the show and understand that this is coming from a North American ideology that if we are to strive for the United Federation of Planets and if we ever do want to get out of where we are today, we should acknowledge the fact that we should strive for a future where all cultures are represented and it's not just you know, let's all try to be American, let's all try to be Canadian for the future, but let's try to, you know, ideally have a lot of those good values like freedom and treating people with respect and dignity and, you know, hopefully not being sexist and not being racist, but just accepting people for who they are. But have those ideas, but in a cultural context that is not just American, but is of all different cultures, is I guess what I would say. And I hope that future iterations of Trek do go into that a little bit more. And I think it's something that the shows can definitely explore down the road. But what do you think? Do you agree with me? Do you think I made some good points? Do you think that this is something that we should think about more? Or do you think I'm completely off base? Let me know. I'd love to hear also, let me know what you like and what you don't like about the show so far, because I need that feedback as my ultimate goal is to make a show that you enjoy listening to. And after this long and very heavy episode, I will say, in the paraphrased words of Captain Kirk, I shall see you out there. That away. <laughs>